Hey everybody, welcome to Monday, welcome to February, and welcome to an all-new episode of Faux Real. On this awesome episode, I welcome actor and my very, very, very good friend, Darlene Dews, who you've seen in Orange is the New Black, The Path on Hulu, and a whole slew of amazing projects, and you're going to be seeing her a lot more in the coming year and uh, years to come. I can't wait for you to hear our excellent conversation. Before we jump into the episode, I'd like to give a big shout out to the team over at Toluca Cup, a really cool little new coffee place in uh, North Hollywood. They're at 11028 Landale Street, and the team over there is just really the nicest, and uh, they'll make you whatever you like. Even North Hollywood's own Mandalorian, Tim Bremer, has stopped by a number of times, and uh, they just make a really good cup. So go check them out. Uh, that's Toluca Cup, and tell them Devlin from the Faux Real Podcast sent you. And now, without further ado, on with the show, with my awesome guest, Darlene Dews. <laughs> It looks great. You look great. Do you like this? Because the the first one I tried, I was like, uh, no, this is a, a fail, an epic wig fail. Listen, uh, I know you're you're trying out a whole uh, wardrobe of of wigs, but what about just going au natural? I thought about cutting all my hair off and starting completely over, like cutting it off, and I still may do this. I still may do it. <laughs> I think you'd look really hot bald. Honestly, listen, Dee Dee, I, I don't- <laughs> You're not I, the first person to say that they think I can pull it off. Listen, I I will flirt with you a lot more <laughs> off air, but you know, I, I think you look absolutely amazing. You, I, I know I've said this to you a number of times over the past year and a half, but- you look better than you've ever looked before. And that, that is so much in part to all of the work that you've done on yourself and all of the, um, you just don't stop. You never stop. And you know, you weren't feeling good with how, you weren't feeling good with how you felt. You weren't feeling good with how you looked. You said something's got to change and you changed it. And I know it's a lot of hard work. I, I want to get into all of this. I want to get okay. into every, every aspect because I want to hear all about your journey uh, with um, with your with your routine. With your I know you talked about it um, on the on the podcast you were just on, mm-hmm. <laughs> but my listeners haven't heard the story, and okay. you know, I definitely want to hear all about it. Um, First of all, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. And um, okay, actually, let me make sure. Okay, uh, yes. Okay, great. I just you know <laughs> got to make sure all the all the random buttons are pressed so everything is recording because I don't want to miss a moment of this. Didi, we have been friends for, I mean, a long, a long time. time. 30, 30 plus years at this point. Um, we went to high school together and, you know, you and Dustin are 
the two friends of mine that I've kept in touch with the longest. You're you're my, oh. my longest friends, and um, I've I've watched you uh, bloom from a super intelligent student to a just a powerhouse actress, and now you're uh, you're doing all these incredible other things in your life and starting these programs and. I have a feeling that you're probably going to write a book about them sooner or later, because <laughs> I definitely want to read that. So um, first of all, I um, tell me about your journey of weight loss and how that- Oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to think here. how to summarize this so it doesn't take up too much of your time. We have, um, all, we have all the time. I'm here for you. <laughs> Basically, I was at the lowest point of my life. Um, I was in my mid-30s at the time, and I was in a relationship going on, I guess it was about four years, and uh, the acting just kind of died out for me. It wasn't that I wasn't submitting or that my agent wasn't submitting myself because as an actress, we know when you're not an A-lister, you still need to submit yourself for work as well as your agent. You sure do. And so um, I was submitting for work, but I wasn't booking anything. And then I worked a job that I hated. I was waitressing and I absolutely hated my job. I worked with a whole bunch of um, immature people, <laughs> disrespectful people, people that would literally go behind you and steal your tips off your table. And you're working on your feet, you know, 12 hours and you're wondering why none of your tables tipped. And it's because your coworkers were stealing your tips, you know, so I was really at like my rock bottom. <laughs> so relationship wise, miserable. Uh, financially miserable. And then my, my own mental health and physical health was suffering. I was at the heaviest that I had ever been. And um, I didn't like what I saw in the mirror. I didn't even like to look in the mirror. I didn't like my face. I didn't like my body. And um, I was depressed. So yeah, I was, I was pretty low. <laughs> yeah, pretty low. And so um, I, finally found uh, a perfect audition is what I like to say when you read a role and you're like that's me uh -huh. <laughs> like that's the real me that's like they're not the actress me but me and so um I applied to this thing that I have found and it was uh it said that they wanted a plus size dancer and I was like I'm plus size I can hold a beat you know I'm not the best dancer but I like to dance and so I submitted myself and um, I got a callback audition. And I was like, okay. And then I got a second callback audition. And I was like, there it is. all right. There yeah. <laughs> so I went to it. And um, the first one was, the first callback was, you know, self-submission, recording yourself on tape and submitting it to them. And then the second one was actually in person. And I didn't know that I was um, coming down with a code at that time. This was like 2016. And I was coming down with a code and I didn't know. And I had these, uh, they sell these little sticks at the 99 cent store. They're called like VIX inhalers. Oh yeah. And you literally put them up oh, your yeah. nose and mm -hmm. <laughs> try to open up that sinus cavity. And I feel like when you do that, you need to just be like at home resting, yeah. not trying to do like a dance routine. <laughs> because <laughs> I almost fell out but I pushed myself through that audition and they had no idea that I was coming down with like a horrible cold did the audition yeah come to find out I booked it and I was like so ecstatic and that 
that literally was the the turning point for me because I had booked um, a program called UB2 with Beachbody. And I didn't realize like when I was auditioning for this this you know plus size dancer I had no idea how huge the company uh was that I was auditioning for because it wasn't listed in the in the you know in the audition so it was it was like pretty much like a blessing from from God I know like some people don't believe in God but the higher power it Mm -hmm. really was like a door like a door opening um for me and uh, in so many ways in so many ways so there i was working out with women that look like me different um backgrounds different nationalities all considered plus size um all considered overweight and that just really changed the game for me that's incredible and that was your that was your jumping off point that was my jumping off point. And now I wasn't trying to lose weight because like I said, they wanted women that were overweight. Yeah. And yeah, even it, though I was like, it worked for yeah, you. Yeah. Right. It was like, that's, that's awesome. me. <laughs> um, I didn't realize, like I knew I was unhappy with my weight because before I had got casted in that, I was diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome, short uh, phrase PCOS. And um, I was gaining weight rapidly. And so I honestly thought like, I'm not gonna be able to lose weight, you know, like this is pretty much what it is. It's in my genes, blah, blah, blah. I had every excuse. So I kind of accepted it, even though I was still unhappy. Like I could feel the excess weight, just doing normal things like walking to the bus stop, you know, or like I live in New York City, so we walk a lot. And it was just very tiring. I live on a fourth floor, walk up, I'm on the fourth floor. Well, there's five floors, I'm on the fourth floor. I would get upstairs and I would just fall into my couch like out of breath tired and it was just annoying (laughs) it was annoying you know so um I wasn't trying to lose weight but I enjoyed the activity in the community and I didn't realize like that's what I was missing in my life I feel like like you said you and I are like old friends you know but when you reach a certain age when you get like in your 30s I feel like it's hard to make genuine friendship at that age. You know, when you're younger, it's easy. Everyone's trying to fit in. You're, you know, it's easier to connect with people. And now that we have COVID, it's, it's even more hard it's to connect impossible. with someone. Listen, Dee, it's never been easy <laughs> for me. Not never. <laughs> no, and you had Not a lot of friends. You know, it didn't, I didn't realize until years later that everybody in high school knew my name. I, I thought, you know, I, I always just, I was always that nerd, you know? I was, I was just, I was on a completely different wavelength and I was in my own little space. And, you know, I just, I got picked on so much and I, I just, I never realized how uh, popular, I, I don't know if I was popular necessarily. I mean, you know, there, there were, <laughs> At CHS, we for sure had a uh, a very you know pop culture um, uh, click system. There were mm-hmm. the and the theater kids points itself and the right. rocks and and then of course we had uh, <laughs> there was the production of Grease where they threw everything. Oh my gosh! I'm so glad yeah. you brought that up. Oh my god! <laughs> because all of a sudden the job were the actors that's right there were hardly no real actors as you and i and of course people 
in that musical. Yep. I refused to do it. Yeah. I, didn't, I was just like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, I should. I probably should have refused to do it, but I was too much of a too much of a theater kid to uh, to not want to do it. And of course, I ended up playing Eugene, and I wanted to play <laughs> Danny Zuko. And you know what? I I sang every one of those, uh, every one of the leads under the table. And backstage, I was singing all the songs as Danny. And they were like, oh, man, maybe he should have been Danny. And I was like, mm -hmm. right, damn right. Yeah. <laughs> I will not ever, I, I always wonder, you know, we come from a little hick town. I, I'm, I'm sure your viewers know, like, <laughs> if you run the red light or a stop sign, your name's in the paper. Like, That's right. oh, you know, Darlene ran the stop sign at 12 midnight on Saturday. <laughs> you know, like, the whole information is in there. And so I can't help but to wonder, like, who was behind that? <laughs> Casting those people. I, I still wonder, like, did they buy that? Like, it was just so far-fetched from anything we've ever done as a theater community to cast all those type of people in those roles who've never had been in a play before. I feel like I feel like there was something else going on. <laughs> well, you know there was. That had Oh, okay. That had to do with the football team. It always has to do with the sports, oh, right? Wow. And of course, D is the one she's she's the queen of the stage right um and that was all a deal between them to get all of the football fans into the seats in the theater oh my god worked <laughs> how did you find that? how did you find out about that and when did you find out well about that? i mean you know i'm i'm a i'm a sneaky little devil when i <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it's just, I, I just know how the politics of, of the high school worked and how they've always worked. You know, we've, we've been, uh, the, the orphans held the winningest basketball team in America for, I don't know, 11, mm -hmm. 12 years or something and totally insane. So, uh, and the basketball team or the, or the, you know, the football team, was always moving, moving things around and taking budget from all of the, uh, the other arts departments. And, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was pretty ridiculous. I heard D talking a lot too, because I was, you know, I was a lonely little nerd and I was, all, <laughs> I was always hanging out with D because, uh, I needed an adult figure in my life that was like, what I thought was stable, and she was the opposite of that. But I didn't find that out until, you know, 15 years later too, because my parents were, you know, always at each other. There was, they were always at each other's throats. Um, they got divorced in '96, and I was relieved when it happened. But up until the divorce. And then right after the divorce, because my mom got involved with this total asshole, well, I don't, that's a that's a whole other podcast. But you know, she, I love my mom to death. She has terrible taste in men, and I got to say that that includes my dad because not that he's a terrible person, but they shouldn't have ever been together. Thankfully, mm -hmm. 
I came from that and I'm and yeah, I'm, you were the blessing I'm from that. Proud, that but, you know, I'm <laughs> ecstatic that <laughs> there's <laughs> always a silver lining. <laughs> that's you know, I'm the silver lining from that, but you know, they were awful together. And so I was, I found every single thing I can that I could to, you know, have some sort of stability, some sort of peace in my childhood. And I practiced escapism on every level. I mean, I was going to, you know, I was in the theater and the choir and all of those things and, uh, and the computer club, cause I'm that level of nerd. <laughs> and I was going to the movie theater as much as possible and just, you know, Anyway, Where, did you go on the uh, was it Disney World? Did you go on that trip I to did. Florida? Yeah, okay, <laughs> that oh, was yeah. awesome. Uh, yeah, I won, times. I won two firsts at that Disney World uh, uh, expedition. I don't even remember us performing there, I just remember us <laughs> getting on the ride. <laughs> oh, yeah, mm -hmm. okay, okay, cool, that's great. Oh yeah. You were a tenor? Uh-huh. Okay. And back then a counter tenor on good days. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm still a counter tenor on very good days, but I rarely have those anymore. I, you know, Didi, I thought I was headed to Broadway for the longest time. I really did. I thought, I thought- Oh, I remember my... we both went to auditions together mm -hmm. in St. Louis. That's right. We, <clears throat> in fact, do you still sing? I mean, I try to. I, okay. I mean, I you know, I I rarely get the opportunity anymore. That's not true. There are there are you know singing. There's the voice and AGT mm -hmm. and stuff, which uh, I have auditioned for before. Never did. Never went anywhere. But otherwise than that. LA doesn't really lend itself very well to there's there's theater going on all over the place. Mm -hmm. There are technically opportunities not pending with the pandemic. That's right. You know, everything is outside of that. There there are lots of theater productions, but <clears throat> so many of them are 99 seat, you know, uh, situations where they're mm -hmm. they're you're barely getting paid anything, and it's really about the experience of being a part of that production. And my my heart beats to the theater. That's where I got mm -hmm. started. That's where my, uh, you know, my my origin and my original lifeblood comes from. And I, I love it. I absolutely love it. But I can't make any money doing it here. None at all, you know. That, yeah. I've got to be where you are in New York to do that. And um, I get too cold in the winter, so I can't live there. It's it is very cold here. I think it's thirty-four <laughs> degrees here today. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I I mean I I do, but I I don't really get a chance. Mostly. Maybe you should start opening up your podcast with you uh, singing or ending it with you singing your favorite song or something. Throwing it in there every now and then. I don't know. So, you know. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking for a new theme song. Uh, maybe I should just sing it myself. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you have your own show, so why not, you know? And you are a beautiful singer. Oh. 
which is not only true, but it's an awesome transition to take us into your acting career, which is uh, pretty freaking amazing because you got to sing on Orange is the New Black. Yes, okay, so <laughs> this was when, okay, so this is also as I was gaining weight. So this, you know, it's, I love being on Orange is the New Black. I, I was on that show in 2014. And like I said, I carried that weight from like, I wanna say 2000 and, mm, well, I was big. <laughs> because I remember, I remember the roles of specifically saying that they wanted someone that was like 300 pounds. Like that's, they wanted a plus size person. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't quite, you know, 300 pounds. My heavier was, was 250 pounds on five foot four. Um, <clears throat> after Orange is the New Black, I evicted the 85 pounds, you know. But back then, I wasn't quite 250 yet, but I was, I was up there like 225, you know, <laughs> 230. And I looked at it and I was like, oh, I'm not 300 pounds. I don't know if I'm going to get it, you know. But I, I got the script and I studied that script so hard, like, I would have conversations with myself and I would answer out loud in the verbiage of the script. <laughs> At the time I had a boyfriend and when he would talk to me, I would answer him as if I was already cast and I was the character of this script. <laughs> I really was like so far in, you know? And it paid off because I had the audition and the girl says, okay, clearly you're this character, Joyce. Let's go to the next scene. And I had not ever had an audition where the casting person or director or associate, whatever, says something that confirmative, like, like that's like, whoa, you know? It never happens. Yeah. So, that's incredible. I walked out of there feeling pretty good, yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then when I found out that I got it, I literally just jumped up and down like a child on top of my bed. I was just jumping up and down like, oh my gosh, I got this. I got it. I can't believe it. And it was it was pretty amazing. Um, I ended up, you know, filming with Jodie Foster. She's the one who directed that. Oh my Honestly, God, right. Jodie Foster listen, that episode. Oh my God. Yeah. Listen, I didn't even recognize her because I'm used to seeing Jodie, you know, with her bob hair and her makeup on. Right. And she was just like straight up laid back because that that whole script is laid back. You know, the, I, I didn't even have any makeup on in that scene. I was bare faced. All I had was chapstick. Oh, wow. <laughs> so she came in here laid out too. Her hair was pulled back. She had on a little cap. She had on like little, you know, just regular jeans and a shirt. I didn't even recognize her. <laughs> so oh, finally yeah. somebody's like, you know that's Jody, right? I'm like, what? <laughs> wow. Yeah, and she was really nice. She was really, really nice. Um, so oh, that's so great to hear. Yeah. And it was awesome. <laughs> I mean, you got to you got to play in that world in that huge show. And it, I mean, that year, because that that was season two, right? Yeah, season two. You did that. And that show, I mean, it was an absolute fireball. I mean, that show, it was because that's Netflix's first original series, right? It's one of their longest running original yeah. series. And 
that first year they were trying to find their footing. Everybody enjoyed it, but yeah, it was a great first season. People, Second season was I, off the chain. Because that entire break, everybody was talking about, oh, I can't, I can't wait until see what happens on that show. And they were, you know, everybody, everybody was just uh, on fire about all of the characters. So you were in the prime, uh, just essence of that show. How amazing to be. And when you told me, <laughs> you always do this, which drives me <laughs> crazy uh you are so humble it's it's one of your you're just so humble about everything and i know it's because you're so thankful and you have you have next to no ego and it's so beautiful but you told like i found out i don't think you told me i think i just found out that you I probably didn't tell you. I didn't tell very many people. Because you're terrible <laughs> with social media or you're a lot better now. Yeah, I used to be horrible. With the Facebook Lives, you're much better now. But <laughs> then you had next to no, like zero social media presence. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? I mean, <laughs> I went totally bullish. I was so, I'm still so happy for you. And so- oh, thank you. Uh, it's just incredible. Um, and then from there, oh, wait, wait. Also, and I know we've talked about this before, but you didn't really have, you essentially got that yourself, right? Because- No, so that one actually was through my agent. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because so much of your work you yeah, it's true. Even though you it's have true. representation, mm -hmm. um, which is uh, unfortunately the case for so, so much yeah. with acting. Um, okay, so your agent did get it for you, but, and I find this super interesting and, and highly upsetting. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, you were there and I'm upset for you, but it upsets <laughs> me that you are a guest star in that episode. You are a guest star because you are in three scenes. It's three scenes, right? I don't remember how many scenes. Three, it's at least three, maybe four scenes in that episode. You're part of the overall arc of the episode. You're part of what propels the storyline of that episode, right? You mm -hmm. are a guest star, but you were credited as a co-star uh-huh. Right. And I remember you telling me like you got paid a decent amount, but probably not nearly as much as you should have been paid. Let me tell you. <laughs> tell me all about it. I want to hear so, the whole thing. So it did pay a nice penny. But the thing about it is, and this is with I'm sure you you all get this too. When you have at the time I only had an agent. Thank goodness, because if I had a manager and an agent, right out the window. So what actors don't realize is when you sign a contract with the agent and you sign a contract with, well, we won't even talk about the manager right now because back then I didn't have a manager. I just had an agent. So uh, you make decent money. You can make decent money. The more money you make, the more money they gonna take. <laughs> okay, so. Every time. Yep. So first off, it's like, 
New York City has to get its taxes out first, okay? So you're paying state tax and city tax. And I don't know what it is about actors in New York, but they tax the hell out of your check. So they take their portion. And then, you know, you're, you're paying into, you know, all the other type of things, you know, you know, your insurance and all that other type of things. And then your management comes in and they take their cut. Usually a manager, or I'm sorry, an agency comes in. It's usually either 10% or 15%. It should not be more than that. If it is, they gouge you. <laughs> so then they come in and take your their cut. And they take their cut off of what the check was before the taxes were taken. The gross, not the net. Yes. Right. Yes. And then you're left with whatever's left. Mm -hmm. So it, it was, you know, it was a decent pay. But after everybody took their cut, it was like, damn. <laughs> And that's with anything, that's with anything you do. You know what I'm saying? Like, even if you do like background work and you might think, oh, I had a really good day, you know, um, hopefully you don't have a manager or agent that would take out of your background check. But I know management agencies that if once you make over $200, they got the handout for their cut. And it's like, okay, well, we just paid taxes, city tax, state tax, all the little, you know, come the little things that come out. And, and then I got to get you some like, okay, then what am I left with? Enough to do laundry? <laughs> right, right. Get a couple yeah. packs of quarters and that's... Right. That's yeah. And then if you have a manager, your manager is taking 15%. Your agent is taking 10% or 15%, depending on what you sign, plus the taxes. So it's like you want to get a job that, you know, you make a couple thousand or more, because if not, you're really, you're like almost working just to build your portfolio versus working to build your portfolio and also to make some income by being a working actor, which is why when they say, oh, you gonna be an actor, how many jobs you gonna have? Because better believe I was an actor and had three jobs right. at the same time. Oh, absolutely. We all have to. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I got to tell you, I'm, uh, <clears throat> I'm, uh, I'm sort of a vigilante on that on that end of it because I've gone through, I don't know how many agents and managers and various representatives, you know, reps over the years. And anytime I did background or any extracurricular activity, anything that didn't go through them, I, they didn't need to know. Mm -hmm. um, I've, uh, and you know. <clears throat> I get it. I mean, you have to pay. It's like, they're not paying your rent. They're not paying no, health insurance. They're not no, putting no, clothes on your back, food on your table. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I understand it 100%. I understand it. I really, and I, I kind of, that's the part of the thing. Like I, I'm with the new management now and I still like don't understand this part of it. And one of my actor associates was like, you know, that's just the way it is. And I was like, and it shouldn't be like that. If you had no hand in booking me, the agent didn't have any hand in booking me. You didn't have a hand in booking me. I shouldn't have to pay you. Like, I really shouldn't. It should not be like that. I mean, well, damn, you, I could just say, I know you. Can I get a, can I get a fee? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Roll like me a bone. Be like that. They need to, they need to redo that. But all managers and all agencies go by, go back, you know, go that way. Like, you yeah. know, I booked this job, you didn't have nothing to do with it, but I'm going to go ahead and give it's you the really, look and sign you on so you can get some money from it, you know? 
Yeah, it's a really archaic system. And yeah. uh, there's a lot of things that need to change across the board. And I've I've gone around a number of times with SAG AFTRA too, SAG and AFTRA and SAG AFTRA. <laughs> yeah. Before I joined, after I joined, because there's been a couple times that um, both on Nickelodeon shows and I probably, maybe Nickelodeon, I don't know. I still would like them to hire me, but I've had a lot of trouble um, because I worked on Henry Danger and that was also I remember that. 20, uh, 2014, I think when I did that. And one of the coolest gigs that I have ever done, just one of the coolest sets I've ever been on. It was, it was a great environment. I got, um, I've showed you those pictures. I know where I, I remember them. Yeah. The beast guy. And um you know, they gave me the full treatment with all the special effects and the wig and the, all, the, all the things. And that in the way that the after contract that I was on works out, uh, and I don't want to bore my listeners to, you know, fleeing to another country, but essentially the, the way it worked out is that um, on that after contract, that appearance counted as what they call an under five. Right. Okay. So it was a, a principal role, but not. This is mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in this gray area, but it is uh, it, it's it's in such a way the contract is set up so that um, if you have like certain interactions with the principal cast, depending on how your arc, it's a it's a whole thing. Um, but you get residuals on it. Mm -hmm, so I had no idea what that was. I had never heard of it. I didn't know that I was on it. And I didn't find out until a couple years later when I was oh, on wow. another Nickelodeon show called Nicky, Ricky, Dicky, and Dawn, yeah. uh, which took me forever to say in, uh, in one breath, <laughs> where I played, uh, I essentially played a Taylor Swift lookalike, if you can believe it. I'll send you pictures later. It's pretty hilarious. But I want to see them. <laughs> while I was on set, I um, one of the PAs, the the uh, the background PA, was you know she sort of whispered in my ear because she's a good person, you know, and she's like, I think you just scored it under five. You need to make sure that you, you know, uh, inform all the necessary parties and fill out the paperwork and all that. I was like, oh, thank you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So then I went back and figured out that I'd actually gotten an under five on Henry Danger that because they didn't want to, they didn't want to pay me, no one ever told me. And then oh my I God. Up with SAG and say, well, I have all of this evidence. And they, uh, they got back to me and essentially said, yes, you're right. Unfortunately, the statute of limitations has already passed and you can't you can't What's claim. the statute of limitations on that? And that's I think, absolutely I think horrible. Like, I think you have to claim it within six months of the actual shooting of it. And you can claim the under five, whether or not the footage actually makes it on screen, but you have to, uh, you have to claim it. You have to go through. Uh, oh, wow. I am so sorry that happened to you. Well, you know, <laughs> that is just, I, you know, and I don't understand that because How it goes. there's so much money in film and TV. There's so much yep. to pay an under five role is like nothing. It really is. You know what I mean? It's like how some people like 
to some people, a hundred dollars equals $10. You know what I mean? Like a hundred is nothing. And to some people, a hundred is a hundred. You know what I mean? It's like, it's nothing for them to pay you that. So I don't understand why they were, why they did you that way. It was uncalled for. And I wish they could back pay it. That just doesn't make any sense to me. This is, these are just one of hundreds of stories that I know we both have. Yeah. Now you also, uh, have come out here to LA a couple times, mm-hmm. including mm-hmm. the work on Hot Bench. Tell me a little bit about Ooh, it. that was a hot mess. <laughs> if it had not been for you, my trip would have been absolutely horrible. Because I think what people don't realize, and I never realized this either, uh, you know, back in the day when court TV was so huge, you know, Judge Judy and the other judges, but she sticks out in my mind. Those She's other ones over there. Ever. Um, I used to watch those court shows with my grandmother, you know, and sometimes we would, you know, be at school and during our break in college, we would go to like the green room or whatever and watch some, you know, some court TV or uh, what was the other one? Jerry Springer. (laughs) Yeah, of course. So the thing that people don't realize is that these are actually real cases. (laughs) They're real cases and they're real people. The people that are like the defendant and the prosecutor, they're real. Like they're not acting. These are, this actually happened to them. Now the people in the background sitting, you know, in the gallery, those are the actors. And so I didn't realize that it was that type of thing when I went out there for it, okay? I literally was having a real problem with a roommate from hell. Literally, I believe she was sent back from hell to cause trouble. <laughs> she was absolutely I remember. crazy. I remember this when you were going through that. It was, it was nuts. Off the chain, out of her mind. And so anyway, basically what happened is that she stuck me with six months of unpaid rent on her end. And I didn't even know she wasn't paying her rent until she moved out. <laughs> and she didn't let me know she was moving out. She didn't give me no notice. Uh, like I said, she didn't finish out the lease. I just happened to come home one day from work and saw her in a, in a customer from our job at the time because I worked at Trader Joe's. <laughs> so a customer that used to flirt with me was helping her move out. It was, oh, it was no. the strangest thing. Well, anyway, she left all this rent. And I was like, how am I pay this rent? Because like, you know, we both live in places where rent is just outrageously high for no reason. Like, it's just no reason we should be paying house notes for rooms. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm telling you, yep. Oh, apparently New York gets bombarded with lots of uh, cases like this, you know, renters and all this craziness, small cases, small claim court cases. And I got this letter in the mail saying, hey, you know, um, why don't we sing your case to this this show, you know, hot bench. And um, if you win, we'll give you the money that you're filing for, you know. Um, and if you don't, we'll still give you a little money. But, and you know, we fly you out there. We give right. you a free hotel, whatever. And I, I went out there just knowing I was going to get my money because I had all the proof in <laughs> you know? But really, it was like, even though they're real cases, I don't think they take them very seriously. I think what they do is they look at the case, but then they also look at how we can turn this into like some drama TV. It's all about the money on their end, 
and about the, the ratings. And it was a new show. And they literally tell you. So like when you see people acting a fool on TV, trust and believe they didn't really want to act such a fool. You know what I mean? <laughs> you have the assistants, you know, telling you like, Okay, so we believe your story. Go really big with it. Like, really get into it. Put your yeah. all, do extra. It's okay, you know. So you go on there and you act a plum fool. <laughs> you, are, you are just straight ratchet. You know, you're being more ratchet than you normally would be because they want you to be. and They're paying right. you to be. And so it was a hot mess. But, yo, I look so beautiful on TV. <laughs> yeah, you look good. man it was a bummer it was a bummer not to win the case but like I said the highlight for real and I still remember this dearly was you <laughs> picking me up after like I was so in disbelief that I didn't win and then I realized this was all a tv show for them it really wasn't yeah. about the case yeah and then you cheered me up with like the best tomato soup I have still had in my life <laughs> listen Dee, I have changed so many lives with that tomato biscuit. I wish, I so wish that I could take responsibility for it. Uh, all of the props go to Yard House. Yard House, I would love to have you sponsor the podcast. And okay. Give me and Dee, Dee free tomato bisque for yes. the rest of our lives because yes. uh, it's uh. better than gold. I mean, it's 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 liquid. Um, Ambrosia, seriously. I had no Absolutely. idea how good it would be, or I would order I mean, way more. <laughs> uh, listeners, uh, if you can get to Yard House wherever you are and try their tomato bisque, trust me, you will not be disappointed. Yes. <laughs> um, you have done so many uh, just super cool and totally insane things. You worked on this Adult Swim show called Mostly for Millennials. Mm -hmm. um, I'd love to hear that story. You've told me a little bit about it before, but, and I know you were only on screen for like 20 seconds, but that show is uh, totally nuts. It's just <laughs> it's like so many of the Adult Swim shows, uh, totally off the wall, completely, I mean, um did you did you come out here well i guess you would have had to how did that no that was shot in new york oh it was shot in new york it oh. was shot in new york in brooklyn i believe really yeah yeah it's so funny they do a lot of stuff um here and then it looks like it was done there you know like for instance when i did orange is the new black it was taking place in chicago and people were like oh you were in chicago i'm like no that was like this long island <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was shot here in Brooklyn. Um, it was it was really nice. You know, I think I probably was there for like maybe around, I don't know, three or four hours, you know, but like you said, like, it's amazing how many hours you spend on set, but the show wraps up like that. You know, I was only on there for seven seconds, but I probably was on stage for an hour and a half to two hours, you know. Right. So um, it was really fun. Always the name yeah. of the game. Yeah, it was, it was really fun. Um, that was my first time, I think. Yeah, I think that was my first time having like a, a co-star that was a child actor. 
I like that. I like being able to play a mom role. I think that's so cool because I don't have any kids. Um, I have my fur baby who's like a permanent two-year-old, but <laughs> but I got to act with this little boy and he was a great, you know, co-star and it was fun. It that was it was just fun. That was just a way to, you know, I think to act crazy because that's what that show is. It's just a lot of craziness and ratchetness and it's like those are one of the jobs where you're like I get paid to act the fool this is great <laughs> I'm super jealous that you got to work on that show honestly like all those adult swim shows are totally nuts and uh, like that's you know that's sort of where I float in the comedy sphere I love to just just let it go absolutely wild I'd love to work on the Eric Andre show too have you seen his show no it is bonkers <laughs> absolute bonkers it's like oh a talk gosh. show but not really it's uh -huh. a talk show if that mostly for millennials was a talk show okay he's like crashing through pieces of set and he has these guests on and it's sort of like excuse <clears throat> me it's sort of like you know uh it's kind of like punked Whenever mm -hmm. they're on the show, they have no idea what's going to happen. There's things dropping out of the ceiling, floating, <laughs> pies flying. Oh my god! Ridiculousness. I think it would be an absolute blast to. I can see you doing something do like that. You'd be great on there. <laughs> uh, I also want to talk about the path, which is okay. another one of those projects that I literally just found out that you were. A part of when I was randomly scanning your IMDb and. And maybe I knew that maybe I did know that you were that you did it. You probably it's probably popped up somewhere else and I totally forgot. But I definitely didn't remember. And I saw that I was like, what? You how is it? You know, and then I had to go and watch your episodes so I could so I could see you. And um those again, those brief moments that you're on screen are so powerful. Like you have this, <sighs> you, you just have this power that, that just grabs the viewer across the screen. And, you know, it's really palpable and, and so incredible. And, uh, uh, tell me, uh, how, did you, how did you get involved with that? And how was the set? And uh, uh, did you get to meet um, Aaron Paul? Tell me all <laughs> So, okay. That I also got through my agent, but I had been, so I was doing background work, which agents and managers frown yeah. upon, okay? Yeah, they frown <laughs> upon, but oh, it's a they they frown because they think it's like it can go it can go two ways it can be like oh she was in background on this you know this show or she was featured background how are we going to put her you know as a speaking role then there's a, a slight chance that it could go the other way like oh she's been core background on this show we like her we see how she is around other actors we feel her vibe. We love her hair because, you know, everyone knows I have like solid silver, like, you know, gray hair. And at that time I had these locks, faux locks going on and they were pretty cool. And so 
I hadn't been, uh, I wasn't being sent out regularly for auditions. And I was like, like I said, I was working three jobs and I was like, I need this work. <laughs> so I applied for core background on um, the path, which is on Hulu. And I, the set was great. The, the, the people that I worked with, background actors and leading, you know, cast, great people. Everything was good. We were out there. There's actually a, a couple of um, shows and I can't remember their names off the top of my head. But when I see them, I'm like, oh, they're filming out there in upstate New York. Because it's like the, where we were filming, were, it was two different places. One was like kind of like a castle. So there's a lot of uh, shows that are filmed in New York and it looks like they're at a castle. It's in the same place, upstate New York, about an hour and a half out of the city of Manhattan. And then there was another place that looked like a straight up compound. And it was like this an area where you can go camping and, you know, you see wild deer and all this other type of stuff. And that's also upstate New York as well. So this was all still in New York, but out of the city, <laughs> out of the city. And so I have been working, like I said, core background on this show. And um, I got an audition for this, this lady, you know, um, and I was just like, I'm surprised they called me in. I know they had to know who I was. You know what I mean? I know they had to know. And that's why, like, I, I, I understand what agents and managers are saying about not working background, but I also know a lot of people who have gotten their start through background acting. And somebody just said, you know, the casting director said, oh, you know, let's give them a, a, some lines or let's give them their first waiver because they have such a great attitude throughout all this and everything. And I honestly got my first waiver through background acting. But once I booked Orange is the New Black, I was uh, like an automatic join. It didn't, you know, the waivers didn't matter. Right. Um, but the, so this happened to me and I just thought, okay, I'm just going to go in there and, and do it. You know what I'm saying? So I got the audition through my agent. I went in there and I booked it and I let them know later. I said, FYI, I've been working core background on this, just so you know, and I actually went in there and booked this. So it can go either way, <laughs> you know, it really can go either way. And I still, you know, get background notices and I look at the, the jobs and I'm like, do I really want to do this? Because I can see myself as a speaking character on this show and I won't do it. But then there's other times where I'm like, eh. you know, it's just, it just depends on where you are in your life and Right now, I mean, I lost two sources of income with this pandemic. So there are sometimes I look at it and I'm like, eh, let me go submit myself. <laughs> and then there are other times where I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not going to do it. You know, I also have to think about my little fur baby, Joey. You know, he can't be, he can't be by himself for 12 hours. You know? so, so I have to think, so is it worth it? Right. You never know how long you're going to be on set with these things, you know. But I mean, hey, if you got to make some money, and you, you know, and you are an actor. Background acting is not a bad thing. It can, it can be very lucrative. And nine times out of 10, you're not paying anyone else your money besides the taxes, you know? So, I've had, but that's how I got it. <laughs> that, is, that is so incredible. I'm so glad that they, that they decided to do that and they upgraded you. And you know what I was told now, if I really, now that I'm thinking about it, I remember, um, you know, cause like that show, it, I think it was only on the air for three years. Was it three years they did three seasons, three or two seasons. Cause they took it, I, they took it off the, um, I mean, it's still on Hulu, but they ended the season where it really should have went on for another season, but they discontinued uh -huh. the show. 
But I do remember someone saying they like to promote within. You don't get a lot of shows like that, no. that, you know, they have a large ensemble cast. That was a large cast when it came to the background. Um, usually when you're a featured background artist, you are part of the SAG after union. You're usually not non-union. So I do remember someone saying like this, this uh, production likes to promote within, whether that's being on the crew, being bumped up to something more than just saying take five, you know what I mean? Right. Um, I'm not saying that that's not important. All the jobs are important, but you don't get a lot of shows like that. Like I always tend to think about Adam Sandler, like he took his people with him that's and right. every single thing he made, he brought them along because it was like, there's room for all of us. We all want to do the same thing. I can find a role for you. I can find a job for you. And that's what I wish like it was about. You know what I mean? I like, I always think of him and like, he really did pay it. He paid it back and forward. <laughs> and, and you know, yeah. I yeah. absolutely agree. Um, I, and, and that is something that I definitely want to do um, with, with my career. Um, you know, as, as soon as I start bringing in the big bucks, I, I want to bring, you know, I, I want you and everything that I do. I want to bring my friend Joe Hammerstone from St. Louis and everything I do. Cause we've worked on, you know, 12, 13 different independent films. And wow. that is such a, you know, Be great. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for everything that I've been able to do all of the little tiny things and I've done some really weird stuff but I'm, I'm <laughs> proud of all of it and um that's that's so incredible that you got to do that you know I wonder if I shot myself in the foot with the big bang theory because you know of anybody that wasn't on that show that should have been on that show right here yeah you definitely would have right, been in right here yeah yeah because I worked background on four different episodes. Oh, wow. Which was thanks to central casting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, there, were, there were a couple agents that got me on the various, I think, I think it was the same agent that got me on the three episodes and, and one other one that got me on the fourth. But working on a show of that level, mm -hmm. And a show that's taped live. Oh, that's taped live? Taped live. That's so and fun. It's just like doing theater. It was yeah. just like being on stage. You get that instant gratification. Everyone's clapping. Everyone's going nuts. And if they don't, they're prompted to do so. So they have to. That is so cool. And, you know, every single one of those guys is just a master. I mean, Jim Parsons, you know, you, like so many actors, like so many great actors, you don't see half of what he can do on screen. I mean, you know, he won a number of Emmys doing the show. And let me tell you, he deserved every one of them because watching him on set do his thing was absolutely mind blowing. And, and everyone on that set, you know, Melissa Rauch, uh, Mayim Bialik, um, they're, they're all impressively talented. And those four times 
that I did backgrounds were some of the coolest background that I've ever done. I was on a, I was on a set that was a boat. I was in a scene with um, James Earl Jones, who I could hear like I was seated sort of in front of him so I could hear him talking in the back. That's that's <laughs> not even close to a James Earl Jones. I can't do his book. Uh, but you know, uh, I've I've had a lot of great adventures doing background and made a lot of decent money, you know, doing it. So. Oh, wait a minute. What did you mean when you say you think you shot yourself in the foot though? Well, you were saying that just as you were pointing out that so many uh, reps really don't like it and casting sometimes won't consider you for a speaking role if they've seen you too many times in background. I wonder if I shot myself in the foot working background on that show so many times. Oh. Let me tell you, Dee Dee. I, I did some, I, I tried every which way how to get on that show. I found the direct contact email to the casting director. I reached out to them. I was, um, uh, <clears throat> I had someone who was sending emails on my behalf, not my actual rep, but someone who would actually do the things that my rep was supposed to do and was like sending emails for me. I sent my hard copy resume. I did everything I could. You wanted that job. And they, I mean, the crew, after about the third episode that I appeared on, you know, they knew who I was. Like, right. I the same PAs and the same, you know, I mm -hmm. same people. And, you know, I don't know. That that was one that I'm really disappointed I never got to work on in a, in a bigger capacity. That and How I Met Your Mother. I wanted to work on that so bad. Yeah. But, you know, you got to take the opportunities when you, uh, when they're presented and, you know. Uh, well, you did work it, just not in the capacity that you wanted to, but you did get to work it. And hey, you worked oh, for yeah. a live audience. That's pretty cool. It was so cool. It was so cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh oh. Hold on. I'm coming back. Let me oh. plug my phone. <laughs> Oh my gosh, let me plug my phone in. Okay, let me. <laughs> I'm trying to see how close I can get. Okay, hold on. Okay. That's okay. No worries. <laughs> Technical difficulties uh, happen all the time. I know. Okay. I got you in there. You got it all together. Oh, now I'm sliding down. <laughs> hold on. Let me let the camera slide. over. Okay, it's like coming out of the, the frame. <laughs> I just move myself all the way over. You know, it's so much fun, Dee Dee. I, you know, I, we're all our own critics and we all harp on each other about like, you know, I, I'm such a, I'm such a perfectionist and I want everything to go uh, as right as it can and for the audio to record clearly and all that stuff but things always happen. And, you know, I, I absorb, I don't know how many hours of podcasts every week. Mm -hmm. It gives me so much joy for technical difficulties to go wrong on the big. Yeah. And I've heard them happen on every single one of the, the, you know, 
Conan's podcast has mess ups. Uh, I listen to Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard. You know, sometimes he has audio glitches. I was listening to one of his newest episodes yesterday, and there was this whole patch of about 10 minutes <laughs> where it sounded like it was coming <laughs> over here. And I was, oh my you know, God. And I was like, I was delighted. I was overjoyed because I was like, this happens to everyone. Like, right. no, nobody gets. <laughs> nobody gets a pass sometimes right. you just can't cut things out and uh, i know i kept wondering like i wonder if you can hear the construction going on outside or my um, dog in there licking himself <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude uh you know i'm sure you know about my construction yeah. i mean it's one thing after another thing after another thing and you know i get I get a day or two of peace and then something else starts a block down and I just, I just want to cover my head with a pillow and, I know. you know, it's horrible. Oh, it is. At least you don't have like horrible neighbors. I have very loud neighbors. Oh no. That like, it's, if it's not the construction waking me up, it's them. And I promise it's like, they're like wrestling or bowling like something it's like, it's like they're jumping like boom and then you're like like it's just ridiculous oh. it's like okay do you not realize there's people underneath you like hello like it's it's horrible oh. i hate that the like i don't feel like the walls are thin but they are because like if my neighbors right. have their their tv really amped up like they're having movie night I can hear like the theme music. Oh, <laughs> you know, you can smell what your neighbors are cooking. You're like, oh, they're frying chicken tonight. You know, <laughs> if it's not the rock, I don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I miss um, the living in the house. I do. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, I do too. I can't wait to have a house of my own. And, yeah. you know, I'm too used to the city and the, you know, all of all of the access that I have in the city to move out to the country. My dad lived out in the country and mm -hmm. I I hate it. I that's too much solitude. I don't want that. But I want something right in the middle, right? Where it's just distanced enough from the the you know Do you drive out there? I don't drive. Well, okay. I don't have a car here. I'm a licensed driver. Okay. I, drive. I, yeah. will, I will have a car. I will get a car eventually. I was real stupid when I moved out here and I just decided to leave my car behind. And I thought, I'll just take Metro. There's, there's buses and trains there. I'll figure it out because mm -hmm. I didn't want to bother with all of the expenses involved with having my car here. It's, uh, you know, it's so impossible to find any parking here most of the time. Where I live here, it's actually okay. There's plenty of parking. Uh, you know, had I moved here originally, it would have been okay. But I thought, you know, I just don't want to mess with it. I'll take public transportation. Everything will be okay. Well, that was a very, very terrible decision. One of, the, uh, one of my worst because Metro is absolute shit. It's, uh, <laughs> it's absolutely for the birds. You know, when I moved out here in 2012, I'll, I'll be celebrating nine years next month. Hooray. That's it? Nine? 
I thought you were there before I was here. Because my soul has been living here for 20 plus years. That's it. <laughs> okay. But I've officially been cemented here for nine years. And, uh, you know, in all the trials and tribulations I've gone through, I, I would, you know, I wouldn't give any of it up because I've, I've pulled it off. It's Thank part you. of who you are now. It, that's it's exactly your story. Yeah, that's exactly right. But when I moved here, Uber and Lyft didn't exist yet. They were right. They wouldn't come around for a couple of years. And it was absolute hell, Didi. It was yeah. absolute hell. And there were many times that I called my poor mother and I was like, I, I don't know what to do. Like I'm, I'm freaking out. I had so many, uh, <laughs> so many Metro breakdowns and like, just, uh, you know, because the system is, it's, it's the worst. There are all these different bus lines. They all run, run at different intervals. Some of them run every 10 to 15 minutes. Most of them run every half an hour. Um, at least two major bus lines, one of them that runs uh, right by my, my place, runs every hour. It's uh, not frequent enough. So if you, if you got ours are like every to 15, go, every eight to 15 minutes. And uh, it's, it's just the worst. The trains, the trains are okay. The trains work fairly well most of the time, but they're always breaking down. They're always doing maintenance. They're always like holding tracks and putting two different trains on the same track. And then they're only running every 20 to 25 minutes instead of 10 to 12 or whatever it is. And it's just, it's such a mess. And there were so many times that I'd be on set and I wouldn't have a ride and whatever bus line wouldn't be coming for, for, uh, you know, a long time. I remember there was one time that I was stranded out in Sun Valley for you know, oh hours because I couldn't convince anybody <laughs> to give me a ride home. And I ended up just walking. And I didn't oh because my phone had died and I think I forgot my charger or I couldn't oh, no. it or whatever it was. That sounds horrible. So no way to navigate myself. So like a nomad in the desert, I picked a direction and just started walking. Oh my God. I walked for about 45 minutes before I got to a bus. And then there's no, most of them don't have, you know, the little um, electric the schedule. Things. There's a number that you can call, but again, my phone was dead. Yeah. So I just stood there for what seemed like forever before a bus showed up. A bus that I had no idea if it was actually going <laughs> the direction that I needed to go or not, but it was a bus and I got on it. And let me tell you, Dee Dee, it took me right by my house. Oh my goodness. It took me about, it was like 35 stops or something. Wow. Right by my house. It was an outright miracle. I'll never forget it. It was. Oh my gosh. That right there is a show. That's yep. an episode. 
that is like you should write it down and maybe I will characters and oh my you want to be in it horrible right as long as long as you're in I'll be the bus driver (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh that's horrible I've I've had those I've had you know transportation stories but honestly that sounds and I, I'm I'm so used to walking, you know. I will walk an hour long. Me too. Yeah. Um, but that right there sounds so scary, you know. At least like we have cabs and like we've had like yellow cabs and gypsy cabs and everything before Uber, um, and Lyft came out. But um, I always got lost because my sense of direction is horrible before I moved here. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely horrible. Um. But that story that you just told, I mean, it's like that alone would have made me not ever want to go do any type of work in that area again. <laughs> and that was just one story. I mean, that yeah. happened to me so many, not thankfully not that particular adventure, but I had that kind of thing was happening all the time. I was always getting stranded. Oh, I was always missing the bus. And, you know, um, I think... <laughs> The Metro was probably largely a part of why Central ended up, uh, Central Casting ended up terminating me a few years later because I- They I, don't play that late stuff. They don't play. And <laughs> I, I was late a couple times and I would always call in, you know, like a good little boy and, and let them mm-hmm. know. But, uh, you know, and one time when I was living in Koreatown, I got on a bus that broke down about halfway to wherever I was going which I believe was an audition. Um, oh, man. Yeah. So, so now do you Uber to all your jobs now? Well, I mean, for the last year, I haven't <laughs> gone. Yeah, I mean, right. There was nothing to do for but, self-submit. But um, yes, I, I have spent all too much money uh, with Uber and Lyft. Uh, yeah. With Uber, um, I mean, I hate them both. They're both corporate, <laughs> you know, super villains, but you got to do what you got to do and get where mm-hmm. you can go. Uh, Lyft stole a bunch of money from, from me when I was driving with them. So I don't use them anymore. Uh, oh, and see, I find Lyft to be more cost feasible than Uber. They are. They definitely are. Uh, but, you know. Ah, they, they I understand. They're, it's the principle they're, for all, you. they're all corporate greed mongers, you know. But, mm-hmm. uh, but, but Lyft, Lyft definitely screwed me because they... Um, but actually, on that <laughs> note, uh, when, um, after owing, owing me money since 2016, I was a part of a uh, class action suit that oh, wow. uh, just paid off. They just sent me a couple days ago that uh, I got a hundred bucks. <laughs> Are you serious? What does it get slipped? They owe me about five thousand. <laughs> Wow. But I knew that I would never be able to secure a lawyer because, of course, I don't have, you know, I need right. money. I don't have money to get a lawyer. So I, I joined this class action suit. And, you know, it's $100 that I didn't have before. And hey, buy you groceries. Well, it's going to, it's actually going to my storage payment because oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to take care of my storage payment uh, for uh, for the month. But, you know. It's it's why I can't believe that. That's uh, well, at least you got something. I've I've done jobs and <laughs> I've I've done two jobs since 
been here and not ever. One was uh, poker acting jobs. And one was before I joined. I never got the footage from it, never got paid for it. It was one of the very first jobs that I did when I got here. I was, you know, wet behind the ears. And the, the director, producer of this promised pay, never gave pay. Then I was um, SAG after actor in a very well-known film. <laughs> and it's been almost, almost two years. And I still haven't been paid from it. And thank God that I was am a SAG after member because I surely called up and was like, um, and so all the SAG people that were on this film that didn't get paid yet called up and we, you know, got a class suit going. And it's just like, I remember non-union actors being paid on set in cash in front oh, of us. Like, one thank of you, here's this. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, you on payroll because you're set. <laughs> and oh. like, I think it was like maybe 25 to 30 of us that never got paid from this movie. And like, we've been like, there's been this class suit going on and it's been almost two years. And so apparently they finally have come to some agreement of some type. And we're supposed to be getting these checks that we're still waiting on in the mail because we still haven't gotten them. But SAG after, I will give them, you know, an okay. Cause we, you know, we pay dues to be in this union yeah, that protects actors. And they, they're going to, they apparently got it under control. There's supposed to be some back pay there. We'll see whenever we get this check. <laughs> but, you know, it's crazy because people think, you know, as actors, union or non-union, that when you go out and do a job and you see it on TV or you see it in the movie theater or on what online Stacks platform, stacks of cash. they automatically assume, right. you know, like, oh, you should be able to buy everybody lunch. It's like, boo-boo, I'm still waiting on that shit. You get a boat and you get a boat. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's crazy, but it happens. Unfortunately, it does happen. Oh, and it can be, <laughs> it can be one of, it could be a top show. Depending on who did the paperwork and who dropped the ball, your money could be messed up. Drop, drop the bomb, Dee Dee. What, what movie was this? <laughs> I come back and do a round two after I get my money. <laughs> okay, tell me off air. I want, right. I want to know what it was. All right. It, it's, it's happened to the best of us, Dee Dee, and it continues to happen. No matter, no matter who you are, weird things happen. It's, it's so mm -hmm. surprising. And these productions who have money bleeding out of their, their ears, you know, uh, get away with this stuff. I mean, one of, one of the many other stories that I had to go through with SAG, oh, what a, what a thing that was, was this pilot with, um, oh, I'm gonna mess up this story completely. Well, anyway, <laughs> it, was a, a, it was a pilot for a new talk show with a guy that had, um, uh, directed a bunch of stuff he's you know he's he's very well known and uh it was a cbs production mm -hmm. and they had me come out and there were you know there were a number of us there and i was one of the ones specifically cast to ask a question. It was uh -huh. organic, but it wasn't right. because we right. were fans. And I, you know, I got that smell 
I got that. <laughs> I walked onto that set that there was trouble. Uh-huh. We just walked in. There wasn't anybody like signing us in. Like there were there were people like making sure we, you know, like checking IDs, but there was no like sign-in sheet. There was no there were no vouchers. And I was like, uh-oh. I should have left, Dee Dee. As soon as I, as soon as I saw that there was no set PA, there was no vouchers. I should have, I should have run for the hills. I know, <laughs> I've been doing this long enough. I know better, but I thought I kept the thought kept ringing in my head. This is a CBS production. I'm. I'm at CBS. I'm on set. Right. Like, how could it go wrong? This is, this is the, you know, this is, the, they're going to take care of us, you know? Right. No, 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 no. Uh, we did the thing. I asked my question, um, asked a couple questions actually to the host and everything that, you know, I got to do what they said I was supposed to be able to do, you know, mm -hmm. and then I didn't hear anything. There was no vouchers going out. There was no one to ask about it. Oh, and wow. There was, the, there was the the PA there like shuffling us uh, into, you know, off of the CBS lot. But there was like, there was no one to talk to. And I mm -hmm. thought, oh, oh no. And so I had, you know, I had to file a claim and go through all the things and make the phone calls and, and, uh, but, you know, SAG did go to bat for me. They oh, good. Me. Uh, how they worked it out was that they got me half, half of a day rate. Oh, nice. Like as a principal or whatever for. No, that. that's great. It worked out probably even better. So I ended up, <laughs> I got like $450 or something out of it. Not bad. Which is good because you weren't going to get anything had you not said anything. Thanks. You have to stick up for yourself. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So many crazy things. So Dee, Dee what do you want to work on? If you could have carte blanche, like anything that's, that's on or that's coming out, uh, what do you want to work on? Who would you like to work with? Like what kind of character would you like to play? Tell me all about that. There are, so there's, there's two things. I want to do like a melodrama character. Okay. 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 Because I'm always like the comic relief. And I can still have a little bit of flair of that, but I would like more of a melodrama role. And I really would like to play on Law and Order SVU before that shit gets off the air. Yeah, because it's been <laughs> on the air for 20 plus years or something. Yes. Right? Yes. And I was like, I didn't for real talk. I thought like they were done with it. I was like, they're going to end the season. And, and then they came not, out with another season. You're not officially a New York actor until you're on Law and Order, right? That's I feel cool. like you got to do background or something. And I'm like, I want to speak a role on this show. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Law and Order. Yeah. All right. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I I think you would be, I think you'd be like a great detective, like someone that they wouldn't expect, like that comes in from another precinct and, you know, uh, telling them how it's done. I'd love to see that so much. 
we got to keep our fingers crossed and see what the universe brings us. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's happening very slowly. <laughs> <laughs> like a, you know what? But the month has go gone by so fast. We're practically yeah, okay. in February. I feel like the year might go by a little faster than what we expected to. Just like when COVID hit, you know, we were all like just on lockdown for so long. And then next thing you knew, the year was over, you know? So I feel like this is going to be another fast year. But I feel like things could happen, you know, whatever goals that we're, we want to attain. I feel like they are more reachable, even though all this craziness is still going on, that we just have to be persistent and more so shift our mindsets. Like we know we work for ourselves, you know, but we also do need those agencies and managers for these more prominent roles. Um, Unfortunately, casting won't take you serious for something uh, that has a major, that's something that's, you know, over five, you know, and more. They want to go through an agent or a management um, or both. And so we have to be, I think we have to switch our mindset to something more positive and optimistic. Um then what you and I both, we both have been through the ringer, you know, coming and going uh, with this business. We've had great wins and we've had horrible losses. But at the end of the day, I'm like, we're still here. That's right. We're here for a reason. You know, we're, we're here for a reason. And the the love that we have for this this field, which it's it's a crazy field because like I'm a health and wellness coach, you know, as well. And I get told a lot when I'm inviting people to my wellness group. I get told no all the time. And then I'm in another, you know, my passion is acting and I'm being told no all the time. <laughs> you know, it's like it can it can really weigh on you where you think you're not good enough. And then you have to just kind of remember like when I invite people to join me on the wellness journey, they're not saying no to me. They saying no to themselves. <laughs> you know, it has nothing to do with me. And then the same with the acting. It's like, you have to know that you're a decent actor. You know what I mean? Because I see people on TV that are like stars and you're like, I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, like they're not better than you. Some of them are stars because of who they know. You know what I mean? They're just in the right place at the right time where they have connections. A lot of this business and I found out the hard way. It is connections. It's not that you're not talented enough. It's not that you're not pretty enough. It's not that you're not thin enough or whatever. It's that you don't know the right people. And that's really what it is. It's all a networking thing. And then it's like, when you do book something, I believe it's not because of the people that I know. It, it really is the higher power saying, no, this is hers. This right here is hers. This right here is yours, you know? No, they're not rich. No, they're not famous, but this is their break. This is their time. We're going to give them this, you know. If you, oh, my dog has to go for the bathroom. I don't know if you hear him making all that noise. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Let me yeah. bring him up so he can say hi. Come here. Oh, hi, Joey. He's looking at me like, uh, hello. I have him on a schedule. Say hi. <laughs> hi, buddy. Hey. <laughs> What a handsome he's like, what's going on up here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's been a hot mess lately. Yeah. He's been leaving me little bathroom, uh, uh -oh. little bathroom surprises when he doesn't get his way. <laughs> little brown kisses. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, this has been great. We got to do this again. Absolutely. Thank you so much uh, for coming on and doing this. Uh, it's always great to see you, Didi. We have to work together. Like That'd be so awesome. Listen, one of us, one of us has to write something. <clears throat> I'm leaving that to you. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna write something that we can both work on, uh, whether it's a pilot or a feature or both. We we gotta we gotta do it. We've been talking about it for too long and not actually for a decades. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> because I I I just uh, I think the world of you, your um, you're just you're such a powerful person and you always have been, and you uh, you follow your passions and you never give up and you've done so many awesome things because of it. And, you know, we've stayed friends for all these years. Um, and it's, it's just, it's really amazing. So. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate your friendship. You are a good friend. You too, Didi. All right. Love good you. Meeting, good meeting you, Joey. Say bye. <laughs> See you later. See ya. Remember, you can follow me, as always, across all the places at Devlin Wilder. That's D-E-V-L-I-N-W-I-L-D-E-R. And Faux Real at Faux Real Pod. That's F-A-U-X-R-E-A-L-P-O-D. That's it for this one. See you on the next one.